Charlotte Soccer Show. Danny Brams. No John Hayes. Johnny's still kicking it on the beach, living that beach Bahamas life, uh, late spring vacation. Uh, but he will be back. Uh, in the meantime, I'm holding it down. Big thanks to Level of Blue for filling in with us on our Sunday Night Live stream. It is now Thursday as we're recording this. I'm recording this. There's uh, no we, but uh, since our la- most recent live stream, Charlotte has advanced in the Open Cup and learned its next cup opponent. We're going to be talking about that. i got some really good guests lined up for you. Can't wait to talk to Matt Geslin. He's a frenemy of the show, as we like to say. He's the sort of Charlotte FC fan that likes to... Uh, weigh in and pretend to uh, be a fan when uh, it's convenient and then uh, maintain a safe remove from fandom when he needs to, when he feels like he wants to criticize the team. But uh, hey, he's my buddy and uh, that's why we keep him around. You know, it's, it's nice to have a dissenting voice sometimes. Uh, keep you honest. So uh, Matt Gesson will be here. Uh, he's coming up a little later. Also really excited to talk to Ashley Mahoney from Axios. Ashley is awesome local journalist here in Charlotte who's been covering soccer for years and years and years, going all the way back, covering independence back in the day. She's going to tell us all about uh, her history of covering the game in this Charlotte soccer city that we love to live in and play in and play around in. So uh, really excited to talk to Ashley as well. The crown is finally on a high point. The roller coaster ride has hit an upswing. Momentum is uh, going back up. Uh, we're coming off back-to-back wins, one in the league, one in the Open Cup. We won three of our last four. The loss was a little bit embarrassing when it happened, but we ha- we do have a little bit of a results stockpile building, and we need to keep it going. Headed down to Atlanta for a rivalry week road match. The Royal Derby, as we like to call it, the Southern Royalty Derby, the I-85 Derby, the Peach Derby, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we got to beat Atlanta. They suck. They made us look horrible in the early part of the season when we were still sort of getting our legs under us. Uh, now we're in a little bit better shape, but certainly things are not all hunky-dory and uh, rosy and sunny. So, where are we at with this team? I want to know. Uh, excited to talk to Gesslin about that, Ashley about that. want to hear from you about that. Uh, the TIFOs really are what it's all about. Uh, we thank you all for listening, for tuning in. Every show, and this show especially, it's, it's not always easy for me to, to carry this without Johnny. There's a reason John is the host, and I'm the uh, guy sitting off to the side chirping and talking over people and interrupting and uh, being drunk, because uh, John's the host, and I'm the, I'm the sidekick, and I think it works pretty well that way. So uh, I'm hosting now. Let me know how I did. Either feed my ego or just completely crush me, whatever you feel like uh, is necessary to be doing at that time. I'm going to get you to the interviews because I'm really excited. Uh, we're going to lead it off with Ashley. We had a great talk with her, and uh, can't wait for you to hear it. Without further ado, please welcome Ashley. Ashley, thanks for joining us. This is a real treat for us because we wanted to have you on last year, actually. We were scheduled to do an episode with you, and things fell through. John got sick, I think, if I remember right, and then we just never got back to it. So welcome back. Great to have you. Uh, You're from Axios. You're a journalist. You cover soccer. You cover Charlotte. You cover the city. You cover it all. Why don't you start by uh, talking to uh, the listeners just about what it's like to work as a journalist in Charlotte on sports, business, all of it. Well, thank you so much for having me. Glad that this all panned out on this beautiful, oh God, what day is it? It's Thursday. It's Thursday evening, yeah. It is almost the middle of May, which means it's almost the end of May, and pretty soon it'll be 
June, and oh my goodness, this whole entire year is flying by. But again, thank you for having me. So yes, I cover a little bit of everything. I've been the, the Swiss Army knife, if you will, in the Charlotte um, media market for a number of years now, and it is fun. Is exhausting. You have to love it in order to stick with it, which I'm sure you can attest to as well in this business. And it's just yep. a grand old time because every single day is different. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte is a soccer city. Charlotte is a business city. Charlotte is an outdoor city. It's becoming at least more and more. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, there's a lot going on. You cover it all. And we, we really respect that on the show. So we're, we're really happy to uh, to get to know you a little more and share share your, your POV with the, with the, with the TIFOs, we, the tremendous friends of the show, we call them, as our, our <laughs> folks who are our listeners. The best podcast listening crew in the business, for sure. But uh, I want to know, we're going to get into your history of soccer, but just I can vouch, before you tell us the details, I can vouch you're a huge soccer fan and have been working in this game for years, if not a decade, covering soccer, if not more, right? So I want to first take me back to a couple years ago, the first reaction, being someone who covered the Charlotte Eagles, the Charlotte Independents. And when you first heard that MLS was coming to Charlotte, David Tepper had pulled it off and skipped the line and jumped in front of everybody to bring us a team. What was your reaction to know that Charlotte's soccer city was going to go to the next level? Well, I skipped a friend's graduation to cover the announcement um, at the museum that rainy December morning in 2019. Hopefully she has forgiven me by now. <laughs> I doubt she's listening to this because, you know, that's her uh, level of right. enthusiasm she, after all of yeah, that. Yeah, she's held a grudge <laughs> against the club ever oh, since. Oh, yeah, she said, okay, we'll see how this is. But I, I think that... I'll, I'll give credit to my brother-in-law slash big brother. When I graduated in 2014, he said, move to Charlotte, MLS is going to be here by 2022. Wow. He had a crystal ball. He had a vision. He, he had a vision. He knew. Wow. And at the time, um, the independents were about to launch. Yep. So no one knew what that MLS team was going to look like. But he knew it was coming and took a chance on it. And here we are, nearly a decade later. Does he know if we're going to beat Atlanta this weekend? I mean, can you ask him for another prediction, please? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, exactly. anyone will be satisfied with a better performance than what they produced at the bank uh, earlier this season. That was, that was just bad soccer. Yeah, that, that yeah, against Atlanta. Against yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. That was just bad. That was, I think John left at halftime of that one, to be honest. John, oh John does not put up with bad soccer. If, if the team's like put, giving him a bad performance, he's like, F this, I'm out of here. So, now, yeah, yeah. Do you guys watch every match together? For the most part, yeah. We, uh, we're we both season ticket holders. I sit in supporters. He sits at the club level with his wife. Uh, the fancy. Yeah, yeah. Well, not the super fancy, not the vault. Just, you know, the, the semi-elevated for sure. Uh, we're hoping to catch a game at the vault if the club wants to uh, hook us up with some free tickets for that if you're listening. Uh, for sure, Woody, Joe, come on, make it happen, please. But um, no, we do go to most matches together, and then we host watch parties here at EPR on for the road matches. So although we we road tripped, we did an away day to DC. So uh, the watch parties have been amazing. You should come to one, Ashley, for sure. You know, yeah, we we have a good time. We we it, it's like a match day atmosphere in here. Everybody gets screaming and yelling at the TV and stuff. So, well, I'll yeah. tell you a little secret. A friend's birthday is well, her birthday was technically yesterday. But her birthday party is Saturday night at 8. And I'm like, oh, kickoff is at 7.30. <laughs> yeah. So will there be TVs yeah. available? Does she want to have her birthday at EPR? Oh, she's got a whole big blowout plan. <laughs> right, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I can't spoil that for her. Okay. Spoil graduations. I yeah, you already spoiled, skipped the graduation. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The sacrifices we make for this club. But, uh... Oh, the, the birthdays. I had my niece tell me once that she hated my job 
because I spent so little time with her and her sister. Yeah. And I was like, oh, knife yeah. in the gut. But yeah. I'm like, but like, don't you enjoy going to all of these games? I did get to take her to Charlotte FC's first match. No, I say that she said she hated my job. This was about like five, six years ago. She mm-hmm. was, she was a little, just a little kid then, mm-hmm. a young, if you will. But we were able to see. Charlotte FC's first one, and as you know, and the next generation, that was pretty special because when the women's national team was here in 2019, I was texting her from the press box, and really? to actually like be able to experience that with her, that was, that was pretty special. Y'all should try to find a way to get to a game this summer for sure uh, at the World Cup for real. Her, uh, Oh God, no, I don't know. We uh, we have a promise to her that we're taking her to Europe after she graduates high school next year. So I don't think we can swing two international yeah, trips yeah, just, yeah. just yet. We need yeah. to uh, start raking in some sponsorships with American hey, Airlines or something. She's she's an incredibly lucky girl that she's got someone, a family member that wants to take her to Europe. I'm, t- I'm taking my daughter to Europe this summer, actually, in a couple uh, next month nice, uh, for Ireland. Yeah. Okay. So. Beautiful. Just almost, it's it counts as Europe, right? It's That's it's, it's an island, an island out on the outskirts. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Ireland yeah, yeah. Where yeah. Going. Uh, Dublin, north of Ireland, and, and just uh, some of the the counties. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get down to the southern counties, but we'll visit a few of the counties up north. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. If you have time, head to the Aran Islands, rent bikes, and just bike around all day. I love it. I could de- I could do a day biking in an island for sure, but uh, but yeah, you know these kids, this, this next generation, they don't they don't know how good they have it. A VIP access uh, to soccer matches, you know, European trips, it's crazy. But uh, I'm sure she hates your job a little bit less now than she did five or six years ago, Just especially after bit, that. You know, so. a little bit. Yeah. So you've been covering. We mentioned Charlotte FC. We mentioned the Independence. We mentioned the Eagles. The Eagles. You've covered. Town, yeah. Everything. You've covered soccer in this town forever. Please. What uh, got you started on covering soccer? Uh, was it just your brother-in-law's tip, or, or uh, go into that a little deeper? Oh, goodness. Well, long, I'm going to give you a little fun fact. So I've covered I love Charlotte. fun facts. <laughs> I've covered soccer in Charlotte for so long that I covered Brant Bronico in college. <laughs> that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. That is how long I've been around. That's how old I am. But um, let's see. I, I moved to Charlotte in 2014, and... My first interview assignment was Bilal Duckett with the Charlotte Eagles. So uh, Captain Duck, as yeah. you may have seen duck, some, yeah, some tifos at Ramblewood. For Charlotte of, legend, yeah. Exactly, for those of you who are listening and remember the uh, the sandbox that I always got lost going to. Oh, there's a lot of people listening. Mm-hmm. Only real soccer fans listen to this, oh, so yeah. Oh, yes. So um, that was my first interview. It was at the original Omelies in Noda, and that story inspired a number of soccer stories with the Charlotte Post, and then about a year into that, so the Charlotte Post primarily serves Charlotte's black community. It's been around for over a century. It is a well-beloved and well-resourced and just a, a wonderful community institution. And that a beautiful was, local newspaper, you know, back, back like we used to have back in the day. Back in the yeah. day, once upon a time, we used to yeah. have a site. Well, and this is where you were before Axios, this right? This is where yeah. I was before Axios, and I was able to convince my boss there, Mark White, he's still there doing the good work, that um, you know the coverage that we were able to do was great, but there needed to be more because I was sick of covering high school football on Friday nights and seeing packed press boxes, and then going to cover professional soccer and. I was the only person there. Right. So if there's anything I hate, it's kissing asses a bunch of entitled high school kids who already think they're the shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so. Which 
I used to, I've covered high school football too. You know, years, so you know, yeah, your own yeah. Sex. and yeah, yeah, recruiting is really what I'm speaking of, not necessarily the games, but yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. The pain of keeping your own sets for high school football is, yeah. um, especially when you go to a school where. The well, you can just make them up. School. Who's gonna Who's gonna question you? Oh, <laughs> I the anxiety I had about trying to do math in such a quick amount of time. I was like, okay, yeah, you know, but it's okay. We but didn't I, go into journalism to do math. I know. Right, we, no. we come here for the words, <laughs> yeah, not the numbers. Yeah, the yeah. words. <laughs> But um, I was able to convince him that we needed to write about soccer more. And by writing about soccer more, I mean write as much as I could whilst also driving myself into the ground. Basically, I did not have a true break for a number of years, um, which be wary of burnout, young aspiring journalists. Mm -hmm. It is very, very real. But um, we covered everything from men's and women's soccer with the 49ers and... um, Ronnie Bro. Yeah. Back when he was like a leading goal scorer, right? Yeah. Imagine him. There's a a photo of him and Callum Montgomery, who was also a a fellow draftee a couple seasons later. But he scores, you know, the equalizer against Virginia Tech in the NCAA tournament. And then they get knocked out moments later. And there is that picture just immortalized of pure joy and then pure agony, knowing that his his collegiate career is over. Right. And not knowing like what comes next. So he's drafted, you know, later on and has made himself a staple in this league. So yeah. to see a kid come from a program that is certainly respected, but not necessarily like it's it's not a Stanford, it's not right. a North Carolina, it's not a Clemson. It's not even a Virginia Tech, right? I mean, let's, let's be <laughs> yeah, real. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. for a little yeah. bit. But to see, and what, that's no knock against Kevin Lang. And Kevin Certainly not, like, yeah. He's yeah, done yeah, a tremendous yeah. job with that program. levels, yeah. Exactly. Um, it's They've always been kind of on the cusp, but haven't been able to break through that wall. Um, but, yeah, so... From there, the Eagles, even during their PBL days, for those of you who remember PBL before, it was USL League 2. And the thing I loved about Tuesday night's match in the Open Cup is how much history the sportsplex has seen. Mm-hmm. And you had the independents who played there. You had Stumptown, for those mm-hmm. of you who remember that. And you said <laughs> Shout out Stumptown. Exactly. Um, and then the Eagles won the PBL yeah. there. You've had uh, the women's teams in the very minor, like not even amateur professional, but you've, you've just seen so many teams play there. Um, yeah, so the, and their, their pictures are on the walls here at EPR, exactly. which is really cool. You know, this exactly. is the, this is one of the soccer souls of the city for sure. And uh, shout out Obed, who's a bartender here at EPR, by the way, UNCC student. He, he works with the team. All, all He said all his best friends are on the, on the soccer team. He trains with them every once in a while, though he's not, he's not an official member, so... You know, the, the connection continues all the way through, for exactly. sure. There, there's so many connections here that we just... Of all the teams you covered, did Jorge Herrera play for all of them, or just uh, only like 75% of them, or, or where, where do we, where does that stand? Okay, so he played for the Eagles, yep. um, he played for the Independents, he is the man who just kept getting better as he got older, yep. oh, yeah. I'm like, I would hip, love... Hip, hip, Jorge. What is your secret, man? I'm like, I don't want to be <laughs> yeah, in that yeah, yeah, yeah. shape at, like, now. Exactly, exactly. The favorite thing was to see him and his son like, just passing or juggling together during warm-ups. That was, God, I don't even want to know how old that kid is now. Again, we're going back to how old right. we are, but Jorge. Hey, I'm way older than you. You got, yeah, <laughs> yeah you got a ways to yeah, go. you're not a day over 25. <laughs> <laughs> Mature, maturity-wise, yes, correct. <laughs> but Jorge has been, in, and now he's involved with Charlotte FC. He's, yeah. He's been 
He's the soccer he's ambassador of the, of the soccer city, I think. Justin Swinehart. Yeah, oh yeah, Swine, yeah. When they announced that um, Whitey, as he used to be called, because his platinum blonde yeah, oh, yeah, hair. Yeah, 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 can't miss um, him. When, when he was announced by the club as one of their early hires, I was like, okay, this, this club is moving in the right direction. Yeah. Good. Um, can't say that about every single hire they've made well, thus far. We all make It's mistakes. not always linear, right? It yeah. is not. It, I literally tweeted that yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you, you cover the action on the field. Obviously, you cover the games. Uh, you write about the players and, and soccer action. But you also, more than a lot of the other reporters on this beat, sort of focus a little more on the business side because your, your whole vibe is you cover sports, you cover business, you cover real estate development. You cover a lot of things for Axios all over time. You, you described yourself as a Swiss Army knife when we were talking before. Yeah, so what is, a couple questions based off that are, what's the difference for you? I'm someone who used to work in the news and, and got over to sports because I was tired of covering depressing stuff. You know, I, I hated the it bleeds, it leads mantra and all that kind of I'm stuff. So, so that's not our mantra. Yeah, yeah. So what what is it about Axios that makes it such a great beat and do you, do you like the variety would you rather focus I'll, I'll tell your boss not to listen to that part if uh, if you need some, if you need some new assignments you can be frank but uh, it is a safe space just want to hear a little bit more about what it's like to cover the city that we all love so much beyond even just the football club so hi Katie if you're listening <laughs> our delightful <laughs> leader our, what's up Katie yes she is a come have a beer at EPR she is fabulous she's yeah. absolutely fabulous she's one of those people who tells me every week like what are you passionate about go write about that and I'm like love it okay but she's she's such a good source of encouragement she's someone who's also covered sports business in this town for a number of years she covered the memorial renovation while I was also covering the memorial renovation she was writing about it for the observer I was writing about it for the post so um well, the whole memorial is finally a reality right. never thought it was going to happen during right. some of those meetings um, put, put an upper deck on that thing and let Charlotte FC play there I love the um, memorial so much oh, yeah. do you remember the 2017 bid um, the Marcus Smith bid. No. Okay, so. But I, I've heard about it, but I didn't yes. remember. I didn't live the details, but I've heard in retrospect about this idea that it was going to bring MLS to Memorial. Yeah. Yes. Um, and soccer still being played there. It's just yeah. major league soccer. Yeah. So and it's it's also on turf, and people have their right. their thoughts about turf. But Bank of America Stadium is also turf. You right. Know, you gotta go out to Matthews to get Yeah. The yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. Um, to answer your question. Sports business and the way that Axios covers sports is, I think, it's a blessing and a curse is that there's a lot more attention on sports than there are necessarily in other areas. So it can feel a little oversaturated at times. Mm -hmm. So how do you zig where others zag, as Katie likes to put it? For us, that's sports business and treating sports as events, which for someone who came from a traditional sports background, it was an adjustment. I mean, Mm -hmm. you got to adjust to every role. Mm -hmm. But for instance, we wrote about uh, literally it was our, our one big thing so newsletter subscribers you know the one big thing it was our one big thing I said yesterday but Wednesday the 10th um, the Charlotte 49ers are working on expanding their football stadium so that focused more on the sports business side and what it's going to take to expand it to over mm-hmm. 30,000 versus talking about well they uh, struggled what do you do on the field side so more of that sports business side, and it's, it's different. Um, covering the Wells Fargo Championship, that was more treat it like an event, let people know how do you bike there. Mm-hmm. I, I biked there; it was great. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so oh yeah. Some more things like right that. in the heart of the city. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I know that you're a cyclist from following your Twitter feed. I do have a question about that uh, <laughs> in a moment. 
Uh, just to follow up on what we're currently uh, on track with, though, I wonder, like, Charlotte FC gives you a lot of business to cover. Coach firings, player signings, deadlines, uh, you know, to, uh, next pro teams launching, uh, you know, open cup runs. There's, there's lots of the business off the pitch side uh, to cover. What, how do you approach that daily? Like, what do you wake up and think, okay, what's going on? How's Charlotte FC going to surprise me today or this week or whatever? Or are you just taking me more in the flow? Or, or what, what's your process? They are certainly they certainly make things interesting. They've um, they've also been through a lot this year yeah, I think 100% everyone I think there's a certain amount of grace to be given following Anton Stavke yeah and I don't know yeah. that that has been, give, has been given I almost feel like people are not necessarily giving it it's almost like they've already quickly just moved past it almost to me I don't know what you think and uh, I, I, I probably every listener has a different opinion on this but I, I feel almost like people forgot that like when this team was losing you know four of his first five games and stuff like that their they their cap their, a previous captain of the team died you know like a month Starting ago and that, that's, yeah yeah. Um, yeah imagine imagine going back to your job you know two weeks after someone that you would consider a family member dies you know, i have a just really like, bad yeah. example of that i went well, back yeah. uh, the day after my mom died and my sister literally had to tell me the day she died she's like you're gonna call your boss and you're gonna tell me you're not coming in tomorrow yeah. i said why? But I'm also a workaholic, so right, please right. do not take me as a I think example. I think that yeah, and I think that's a that's a journalist thing. We all we've definitely all done that in, in this field and also uh, that could have been just your way of processing, who knows? But but okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think for sure. like you said, everyone's gonna process Exactly. The whole that's the whole yeah, point. And of what the we're clubs about. Yeah. said that they've made ample resources to their players available and that they know that this is gonna come in waves, mm. grief is Again, we're going to go back to that whole point of it is not mm-hmm. a linear process. Right. Like you might feel fine one day and get your heart stuck in your throat the next. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, we're not even four months since it really happened, and these guys have been forced to, to go right into the thick of a crazy MLS season that's had them battling month, you know, week after week and midweeks too and stuff like that. So when you think about it, I like what you said about grace. Yeah. They've, they've had to deal with a teammate dying. They've had to deal with two, ma- two teammates being linked to a sexual assault allegation. Mm-hmm. They've had to deal with poor performances, mm-hmm. three of those things, of those three things, two, they had no control over. Yeah. One, the performance, you want to think that's something that's in their control, and I'm not trying to give them a pass by any stretch. This is at the end of the day, it is their jobs. So if you choose to show up for work, you have to do your job. Mm-hmm. But I do think that they've, they've certainly been a little snake bit to yeah. start the year. Right. Sure. And yeah, I think what you said about Grace is very much called for, for sure. I think I think Charlotte FC fan base has done a decent job at, at granting Grace to the team, but maybe not all the time and maybe not as good as we could have done, myself included, by the way. So uh, you talked a little bit about the business side. You talked a little bit about what you have to do when things get tough, player deaths, player sexual assault uh, investigations and things like that. What do you think of should be – what's your philosophy on the role of a journalist covering this team? We have so many – we have a – there's a lot of people covering it. We've joked on this show before about how there's there's a, a dozen supporters groups and two dozen podcasts and, you know, five – can never have too many Right, five local outlets and all of that. And, and we're fine with that. Our, our point of view of that is the more the merrier for sure. But I'm wondering what you think, Ashley uh, – 
Again, this is Ashley Mahoney. Uh, if you just, if you forgot, uh, if you forgot since the beginning of the episode, join I us from Axios. It's okay. I no, know. no, no. That's not, I'm just, I'm trying to do my host role here, which is always like reset what we're talking about here. I, I said at the start of the episode, John, there's a reason John's the host is because he's better at that. Well, he's, he's more natural at that. He's busy on the beach, yeah. I hope. He's, he's, uh, yeah, well, hopefully he's getting busy on the beach, but who knows? <laughs> but uh, the real question is, uh, what should be the role? Of journalists covering this team in terms of uh, the difference between a um, a journalist and a, a uh, transcriber, and in terms of figuring out what's going on with this club and, and reporting it rather than just repeating the messaging that they give you officially and stuff like that. I'm just, where does your philosophy come from that? I'm just interested, yeah. journalistically. Yeah, for sure. Uh, journalistically, you. I'll give you the same advice that I was given many years ago: is you ask the question that everyone else is afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. So if you're told, I love it. don't talk about this, talk about it. Mm-hmm. You ask right. About right. That. right, right, exactly. Um, hold, hold, hold people accountable. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. That's, that's why if you choose to, you know, have this mantle, that's it. And I think, especially um, given, we'll use Anton death as a point of reference again. Sure. That you want to be sensitive and compassionate to what the team is going through. But asking something like, when were you made aware of this mm-hmm. death? What transpired? Like, mm-hmm. there's a line between doing your job and being a pushover. Sure. So you have to toe that line with, again, grace, kindness. Right. Um, there's no need to ever, like, be a jerk to anybody, but it's a very fine line. Yeah, I'm, I'm not necessarily pushing for an expose, but I do believe there's plenty of people listening to this and even in the fan base that have never heard of this show that uh, have unanswered questions about that. You know, what you hear boating accident death and you hear no other information about that. It feels like almost like a stonewall. But uh, that's one of the ones where I'm just, you know, probably not my business over. I'm curious, but it's not really my business overall to know. So I don't I don't think I don't think you need to, like, push hard on that. I think I'm a little bit more concerned about the uh, the investigation, the criminal or the, you know, potential criminal investigations. I feel like the club personally, my take was that they were very amateur about the way they went about trying to keep the story under wraps and, and not and admit as little as possible for as long as possible, try to trade the guy before details really come out and stuff like that. I, I didn't really didn't really sit well with me. I don't know. You don't have to sound off on that necessarily, but that's, that's where that question's coming from, basically. So. I think there are certainly a lot of people with... We're just confused. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are confused about this, and I'm certainly like... This is actually talking. I'm not representing. I mean, I'm always representing Axios. That's what I'm. Yeah, don't about. don't get yourself but, in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's, and I'm not here to defend the club, but I think they're between a rock and a hard place. Agreed, hundred percent, hundred percent. You'd be criticized yeah. whichever whatever you yeah, did, hundred percent. Exactly. 100%, so yeah. and there's so similar to how we saw that Adam is on loan with the USL Championships right now. Mm-hmm. He's technically no longer with Charlotte FC, but he is still technically an MLS player. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest point of confusion for everyone, myself included, is how the league kind of operates rosters and their sure. roster rules, and how do you trade someone? How do you mm-hmm. get rid of someone? Because I feel like... In theory, the league actually owns all the players. Yeah, like in theory, you just want to be like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. you can't be here anymore, fired, cut, cake, cool, fine. Yeah. But... The roster rules are just so convoluted right. that right. I, every time I read them, I'm like, 
Yeah, you're, yeah. you're still on the benefits email so with HR. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, well, that you know, it, it's tough, but but you know, we're moving forward. These are the kind of things a lot of clubs go through, and unfortunately, our club has had to go through some of it this year. I think they responded really well with the win against NYCFC. It also yeah. managed to eliminate a curse. So I took my best friend for her birthday, and for those of you, I. Typically, will part of the deal um, that I had with family and friends when I took the job with Axios is that I would be more present for them. Um, they just have to less workaholic. Less workaholic. Right. I'm not very good at that. But um, you need it. They, do they give you a, a bullet pointed explainer? You know, Axios like, style. I'm like, you know, this is why you need to work less. This is, this is why. This yeah. Means. Yeah. Um, but they know I'm like, okay, well, for our games, uh, I'm tweeting about them, so you're just going to have to deal with that. Yeah. And they're thankfully very understanding. So I took a friend on Saturday night for her birthday. And every single time we'd watch together, whether it was in person or away matches, they always, always lost. And I was like, I think this is just a curse. Yeah, like, quit bringing it, your friends. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you gotta talk, Ashley. <laughs> exactly. Like this friend, she can't come anymore. But thankfully, um, the curse is broken. We can watch together again. And we, we've been watching, you know, Chelsea and Manchester United together for years. Always had this very, like, begrudging respect of um, just support for each other. We've, we've watched Champions League finals here. Okay. So, I love it. Um, many, many years ago. Now. Seems like yesterday, but many years ago. So yeah. that yay. Time flies when you're watching Champions League. It's been a hot minute. <laughs> it's been a hot minute. It was uh, 2018, I believe. Uh, Real Madrid and Liverpool, and we won't get into Carius and his concussions. But nevertheless, um, so to see the way that they responded, to see the strides that Mackenzie Gaines has made, that, mm -hmm. I mean, I'll. I'm not, not really dating myself, I'm not really dating myself on this, but when they you know, acquired him, I was telling everyone who listened, I was like, I think this is going to be the guy. And they also acquired Anton in that stretch, they also acquired just more of yeah, like, the draft. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was, I was surprised that uh, Austin left McKenzie un unprotected in that draft because uh, I've told the story on the show before. I moved here from Austin, so I was a fan of Austin FC for like the year before Charlotte FC got started, and then I abandoned them and, and joined Charlotte FC. Matthew McConaughey and David Tepper. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. Compare? How do they even compare? <laughs> you just gotta just keep living, baby. And David Tepper needs to just just keep spending. Yeah. The difference between just keep living and just keep spending, for sure. But uh, um, so I knew that McKinsey was a Austin kid. He's an Austin, he's from Austin. Like he's the local kid. I was shocked they left him unprotected, and I was really glad that we were able to bring him over because he's got that special. Like you can't you can't teach speed, right? It's like it's like he can get better at crossing. He can get better at shooting. He can get better at like working in a team concept, but like. He has a natural speed that is just otherworldly compared to a lot of other uh, defenders that he faces, and it's a very big advantage. So. He's, he's made some good strides because there were so many times watching him play previously, he'd be like, all right, he's got the ball out of his I know, yeah, and yeah. it's going to go out of bounds well, because the second or third touch is just going to be too hard. And as fast as he is, he's not going to be able to keep up with it. Yeah. So to see how well he played and the right. service that he was providing, like, that's yeah. what I expected out of this game. His crossing is just, I mean, he's he's so accurate now where he used to be crossing straight to the keeper. He still needs to work on beating defenders. Like, that's the next step. He's, so, yeah, he's, like one-on-one. -on -one. He's moving along nicely, but I think you're seeing the player development that I envision with Latanzi at the helm. 
You're seeing yeah. it from him. You're seeing it from Camille. I was not a Camille faithful. I did not understand why they brought yeah, him yeah, in yeah. as a DP. I well, he has his own. Camille's online army is real. There, there's a there's a Usviac army of stands that will not back down. And if you tweet anything negative about Camille, they will come after you and they will get in you. And they and they will literally never let you have the last word. So you, you have to let them have the last word on Camille for sure. I'm but sure that they're enjoying. Yeah, yeah, the, cur- the, the purple patch, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's on fire, he's, yeah. He seems that he's finally finding his stride. And mm-hmm. stuff that Latanzi was talking about during today's press conference is how young he was and how he came over here. He was coming off of injury. Yeah, he's 22, right? Yeah. He's I in that range. The, uh, right. the, every single time I look at their ages, I'm like, they keep getting younger, yeah. they keep getting older. Yeah. Okay. Speaking okay. of McConaughey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But he's, he's found his stride. And the other, this I'm sure has nothing to do with anything because I know that it was not George's fault, the defensive lapses that were happening. But is it the second that they bring back the king? They're going to start winning. Yeah. 2-0. I'm yeah. just saying. I'm the, just saying. The, the, I like George a lot, but the presence in the box that Kalina provides is just something that's like, wow. It's, it's different. It's a different thing. So, uh, quick question. Can you be a fan or no? Like, no. do you, you cannot be a fan. Even though I can – I can. You, I can, you want them to win. Eh. D- doesn't register doesn't with register. you. Yeah. Um, it registers for my partner. Very much so. Um, he will cheer and lose his mind. <laughs> I like to hear that. Yeah. And he's like, cheer yeah. with me. I'm like, no. Right. Yeah. At um, least you got an up close and personal view of like the real in the time in the moment fan reaction though. That's yeah, good. Yeah. That's been the experience in the stands versus the press box has been very interesting. Okay. Um, but to to emphasize your point of like fandom versus staunch, unbiased, no reaction journalist. We were so he's a, a Florida grad. We went down to the swamp last September. And it was my first experience in the swamp. It's beautiful. This is, is the beautiful. swamp. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. And, you know, they score a touchdown. Like, you are going to cheer. I was like, I can't. Like, it is trained. It is ingrained right. in me. No right. Cheering exactly. Box. Yeah. Yeah. ingrained in me. So that is, um, that's just Funny. the way it's been for so long. I, I have one, one space that I allow myself to lose my ever-loving mind and that is for Manchester United to the point where uh, when Cavani scored a goal we were still living in our old place and I threw my hand up we were watching it just on the screen on our kitchen counter and I threw my hand up and it had these uh, lovely lighting uh, <laughs> light fixtures that came down on top of the counter thought I broke my hand did not just have really bad bruise but oh. like, straight between my knuckles I oh. collapsed on the couch and I was yeah. like oh no he was like maybe we don't Maybe we don't punch up anymore. So the fandom Maybe is, we stop celebrating Cavani goals because, I mean, fuck that guy. Love Cavani. I was so <laughs> They didn't play him enough. They didn't, they let him they, languish on the bench. Yeah, they yeah. brought in um, an alleged rapist and got rid of Cavani. Yeah. So when they went from finally going on the upswing to being absolute yeah. trash. But I have a really Yeah, bringing Ronaldo Ronald back was a bad mistake for Man U, but I'm an Arsenal fan, so I was ha- I was ha- I'm happy to see Man U in decline. I'm sorry. Now. Yeah. I know, I know. You must yeah. have loved 2019 when they were well, here. Everyone, yeah, uh, yeah, I went to the match, yeah, against yeah, Fiorentina, right? It yeah. was yeah. the atmosphere there, like for a much smaller crowd than 
prior ICC matches, mm -hmm. the, the crowd was great. And I will say, as much as I hate Arsenal, you guys have a lovely, like the Queen City Gunners are amazing. They're good. lovely humans. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, good. Good. Good to hear. They're good yeah. Humans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we always talk about the London rivalries, the London derbies, uh, Chelsea oh, and Tottenham. Willie P, if you're listening to this, no one likes Spurs. No, yeah, no one really. Johnny Hayes does like it. Oh, He's a Spurs no. guy. But, but like, I don't hate Chelsea. I don't hate Tottenham. I don't hate any of the London teams. I hate Manchester United. I hate Alex Ferguson. I... You never had to have Simon <laughs> saying Fergie out, though, like you guys did for That's true. That's true. Yeah, we were, well, hey. I'm like a repentant Wenger out guy. I'm like the guy who went Wenger out and then like regretted it for sure. But uh, last, okay, we're about to wrap up. We've taken way too much of your time. But I know you're an avid cyclist, and I love to cycle as well. So I want to start a movement here. You've written uh, in Axios. You've tweeted about the expansion of bike trails all over the city and the it. fact it's that you can part. you can bike like basically from Noda down to the South Carolina state line almost right they're so just close. they're almost about I, to open I yeah. promise you as soon as I know you all will know I am a thorn in the county and the city side about when the Tyrola to Brandywine connector on the city side will open and then when the Polk site to South Carolina state line side will open on the county side it is literally like the band of my existence like when call them every day when, yeah I'm sure it. they love to hear from me. Like, dang it, she's asking me. Well, I would love to take that ride once it opens for sure. I ride the Little Sugar Creek Greenway and the train trail a lot myself. And I want to start this. You and me, we can start this mission. Bike club. There's the, yeah, well, there's the there's the march. There's a supporters march from the tailgate of the stadium. We need to start the, start the supporters ride, Ooh. which would go along the train trail. We get some, maybe like we go to Sycamore or something like that, start a little tailgate. And then we just train trail it, you know, supporters ride up to up to the stadium. Then we go, you know, take it all the way to the end of the train trail, go up the, the little ramp there to uh, Moorhead, go down to okay. Mint, Mint, so Mint over the stadium. Where do people park their bikes? Charlotte FC, do you have valet? They do. There's 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 bike there's no valet, but there is bike uh, racks over there on the. Uh, Close to the overpass, over by Mint Street. Okay. Yeah. So. That is something that someone asked me about that I have yeah. on my to-do list to look into. Could be better. Could use a few more, I to be honest. But there's some there. That DC had bike valet. Yes. Oh I, wow. Yeah, they yeah. did. They do. Which I walked. Like, I walked past the bike valet at DC. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. I would personally. And I, I cursed them and flipped them off because they were. You know. These things happen. <laughs> I, I would feel comfortable knowing that. Because people get, you know, silly and rowdy at matches. The surrounding atmosphere is silly and rowdy. Personally, I would feel more comfortable knowing that my bike was like, what is it from? Sure, no all doubt. Yeah. The, the You'd hate to have to worry about it for sure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, I love my bike. I've had bikes stolen, so for exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and my bike is a little. I made a tribute. I had a bike stolen one time. I made a tribute video to my bike and put it on YouTube. Yeah, because I loved it that much. And I had so many pictures of me riding it. Was it like a super expensive bike? It was. It was not super expensive, but it was like it was probably more important than a dog or even a child. It was, you know, it was probably the most important thing so in my life at that time. So. Are you a cyclist who bikes with helmet or no helmet? I got a helmet. Yeah, I, I do forget my helmet at times, but I've fallen. I've crashed enough that I make sure to wear a helmet. Yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah, so you, I've crashed many times. Intense, yeah. Intense bike rides. I'm the one out there who's just pedaling on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I much prefer. I'm a sidewalk guy, not a street guy, for sure. Yeah, I, most definitely. So we've a couple times we've gone from kind of like that Elizabeth Plaza area up. We actually biked to the Charlotte FC match. We left our bikes um, somewhere in uptown. That was inside. yeah. I do that a lot. I park on. Uh, I park like up uh, Tryon. 
I park on like uh, like Tryon and uh, Tremont area in yeah. the neighborhood. Just find the neighborhood spot yeah. there and then bike down in. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's it's, it's great. That's where. That's how I know there's a few bike rides. Yeah. Perfect. It's great. So yeah, I, and uh, yeah, I, I'm sure if anyone's still listening to this after we talked about cycling for three minutes, uh, we appreciate you, Ashley Mahoney. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for telling us a little bit of what you do, your role with the club. Um, Everybody go, please go follow her. It's you got a really cool username on Twitter, which is uh, your last you, name with the underscores. You can blame Mike Mahoney with the Panthers for why I have at Mahoney with an underscore between yeah. every single M letter. underscore A underscore because H, he et cetera. Has yeah. at Mahoney. And I'm like, let's go find him. But the ironic part is he has the same name as my dad. So when I first saw that, I thought I was like, Dad's on Twitter? Right. And then I realized I was like, Dad's Dad's told my username? Dad's on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah. like, so when Mike and I finally met each other in person, it was like. That's hilarious. So you 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 uh, he was on Twitter. You saw this person on Twitter, and then realized they worked in the same city as you. They work for the Panthers. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Mike works for yeah. the Panthers. Hey Mike, if you're listening to this. Who are the Panthers again? I'm a yeah. I'm a Char- well, This is a Charlotte uh, FC podcast. Oh. That's that uh, gridiron team that shares our stadium every once in a while in the fall, right? They might be slightly bigger than some of the players who play for Charlotte FC. Just a little bit. Yeah, maybe not Kalina, but uh, Ashley, thank you for joining us. It's really great to talk to you. Uh, everyone, please go follow at Mahoney with the underscores. Just follow her work. Read Axios. It's a really cool way subscribe, to like. Subscribe. Yeah, exactly. A little subscribe. Yeah, pl- plug away, please. That's what we're here for. And I would say, like, what I really appreciate is Axios articles are extremely informative in not a lot of time and that's Smart very appreciated very appreciated Smart in brevity. this world so uh, that is the, the goal yeah 100 to 500 words get you in and out let you know what you need to know exactly. get on your day we can't waste any time so uh when we come back we will be talking i'm gonna go refill my drink uh i am uh, gonna bring in another guest we had the journalist uh, for some serious talk here about you know important matters and high-minded uh things that are going on we're going to bring in the hot take artist next, Matt Geslin, who's going to come in and just uh, infuriate you with some of the most ridiculous uh, ideas that you ever heard. And uh, the scariest part is he actually believes them. So uh, thank you very much, uh, Ashley, one last time. Uh, we will see you soon. Hopefully see you at a match day sometime soon. Maybe we can get a bike ride in as well. We'll start the, the supporters ride. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go get a beer. We'll see you all soon, Tifos. All right, we're back. Charlotte Soccer Show. We've had enough serious talk here. Uh, thank you to Ashley for coming and being part of uh, the movement uh, as we try to, I guess you could say, elevate the conversation a little bit here. Um, but uh, I, I try to be on my best behavior and ask serious questions, not throw too many off-kilter one-liners at her. Because, um, you know, we just met. I don't want to scare her or anything, make, make her think that this is a uh, place, uh, show hosted by crazy people, but uh, be that as it may, uh, it's time to get crazy. Uh, we brought in Matt Yeslin for the second half of the show, and uh, you know him, you love him. He is the, uh, the ever-present, uh, I don't know, Matt, you tell me. I like to, I like to make fun of the, you. The, I like to call you the frenemy of the show. show. So yeah, we'll the frenemy of Charlotte we'll FC, we'll for sure. You know, I, I like to, you're, you're, a, you're a fan of Charlotte FC when yes. it's convenient, and then when it's convenient to not be, then you like to like, throw I, your I little Molotov it, cocktails. I watch 30,000 feet. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, sure. I'm not as invested yeah. as you You know, you know, what, but, you know who uh, says that? Haters. Haters, haters say that. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But let's get into it, because we didn't really – 
deal with the nitty gritty of like what's been going on with the squad so far. Um, we're on a two game win streak. Won three of the last four. Uh, we're alive in the cup. On to the final sixteen. There's a lot of club, Philadelphia Union aren't on the aren't on to the final sixteen. Depending yeah. Crazy game by the channels. way. That finished the other day. If anyone yeah, see it, go yeah. check out the highlights. What a, what a night for Kai uh, Wagner. What yeah. a, what a twenty minutes for Kai yeah, Wagner. Seriously. But um, yeah. So things are going well with Charlotte FC. All of a sudden, the momentum is on the upswing, and it's almost like I don't know where, how the listeners are. I definitely don't know how you are, but I'm like too scared to trust it. I'm like. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, when things are bad, I'm like, I'm the guy that pulls to the middle. So, yeah. like, when things are bad, I'm like, ah, it's going to be all right. And when things are good, I'm like, ah, we better watch out. We don't want to f- slip and fall here. So, I, I don't know. What, what's your read? For, what's the 30,000-foot view yeah, of, of the Charlotte FC recent results, <laughs> yeah. my man? Uh, well, first of all, always a pleasure to be on the show with you guys. Uh, of course, uh, when we've done it in the past and John's not here, we always give him a hard time for not being present. We'll, we'll avoid that. He's enjoying himself down at the beach. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the last couple of games have been great as far as I'm, results. By the way, I'm going to be at the beach in two weeks, so oh, I can't. Perfect. I can't, can't give. Yeah, yeah exactly. I can't give. Yeah, I could. Uh, there's some shots I could take, and yet I would know those we'll, would be we'll fired fire right back, back exactly, at me. So I'm exactly. just, I'm just going to refrain. Yeah. But yeah, so I think from the results standpoint, of course, it's a you know great to have the wins uh, on the board. Um, as far as play on the field, I think you know this is where I think the frenemy of the show comes in, where it's uh, you know it wasn't great soccer um, to watch, and I think you know. Getting a, uh, but a, but you say that, and we were talking about this during the game. Yeah. You say it wasn't. It was oh, that was another ugly Charlotte FC game. Lucky they got the win. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Orlando had no shots on goals. We completely smothered them. Like it wasn't like the most attractive, beautiful game of soccer, mm-hmm. and yet it was a completely dominant performance from Charlotte FC in terms in terms of never letting the other team up off the mat. Yes, we only had one goal, but yeah. I mean. It was never in doubt. I was never sweating the entire match. It was great. I think the biggest concern for me is just having what is this team's identity? I think, you know, under Latanzio, we haven't really seen what it is. A lot of possession, and we've talked about it, Danny Brams, and I've talked about it with John, of course. Possession with purpose. And I think this team is just about possession right now. When you had MAR, of course, you knew what that team structure was defense first. You know, Obligatory what, MAR mention. Of course, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> like, stick together. How you know? many episodes in together. a row? How many episodes knew, in a row? You knew what, the, you knew what Charlotte <laughs> FC was about under, under MAR. I don't think you had Did it, you, though? Yeah. They were about they were about Alan Franco and Jordi Alcivar passing the ball back and forth to each yeah, other inside the center circle is what they were about. That's a totally different – we can get it. into that. I'd love to get into that a little bit later. Just I, think I don't know, man. I, I, maybe – I mean, I, I, we're – this is the crazy segment. I, yeah, I had a couple absolutely. extra beers uh, in between <laughs> segments, and uh, I'm, I'm ready to say, you know, I, I just think you're looking fuck at MAR. It, I, think again, I said it. Fuck you're, MAR. You're looking at it from a win perspective, which is great, and that's all that really matters. Again, you know, I'm looking at it from longer term. What's the structure? How is this team going to play out? What is? How is this team going to progress? I think, you know, some of the things that we've heard from fans is. Um, Latanzio out for whatever reason. And clearly, of course, once you start winning games, that, that hushes pretty quickly, right? Uh, but you're starting right, to right. see. Haven't seen any Latanzio out tweets in the last yeah, five days. What happened? Yeah. But, you know, for my Where's opinion, that guy with the Enough is Enough t shirt? Yeah, two all. You know, <laughs> yeah, clearly, we need to have him front and center every right, game. Right. Um, you, know, but, you should have ordered a. Uh, a shirt from Matt Barbie instead of making some bullshit enough and that's enough yeah, t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I think, again... Um, oh, wow, there's some... Uh, some bikers coming in. There's John. some... 
compensating motorcycle riders revving their engines out in the, in the front of the uh, of the establishment here. Sorry if it's no, no worries. And uh, you know, I think again, just like I said, you know, two own goals. You know, the own goal against New York City FC that wins us the game. You know, not much movement going forward. Yet. That's a Carroll goal. Fuck it. Fuck. That's goals. not an own goal. That's a Carroll goal. I don't care what anyone two says. Two goals. But when you're playing at home against an undermanned squad with NYCFC who has no striker at the moment and a right back that's 18 years old. Uh, you know, I thought that there could have been a little bit more, especially when we took the lead twice. In an, underma- an undermanned fourth-place team? It's not, uh, it's, it's not that I mean, you squad. can't. No, no. And they're not fourth-place. Don't come. They fourth were when place. we played them. Okay, they were enough, when we played them. They're enough. not anymore because they fucking yeah. embarrassed themselves yeah. in the fucking fortress. But, I mean. But, again, I think there's still some room to grow in this team. Obviously, of course, it's a young team. But something I've talked about you know, a lot of length the last couple of years is just where this team sits and, and kind of the progression that this team has to go into and, and where everyone is as far as hype and expectations for this team. You know, I think a lot of the clubs that came in as an expansion squads over the past couple of years, you know, they did it a little differently than we did. We clearly came in from the, just fresh, nothing else behind it, no uh, existence prior, no year in USL like St. Louis had. Uh, Atlanta was, and we'll get into Atlanta, but, you know, that situation was just so perfect storm of, you know, Tata Martinez and, and uh, Joseph Martinez and, right. you know, uh, Almiron, who's now destroying it in the Premier League. So, right. you know, it's it's really kind of, you know, setting the right. table, setting the That's Michael Parkhurst erasure, but yes, keep going. Yeah, and then also, you know, it's it's going to take time for this club to get, get roots and get settled and get really established and have, you know, a true right. understanding of who we are going it's, forward. It's like the tones you said, like, hey, I, I, don't tell me enough is enough halfway through the second right. year of the club's existence. I mean, right. it's like, come on, man. Like, It's not like we have some, like, Standard that we're falling below. We're trying to set set the standards. Yeah. We don't have the standard has not been set exactly. yet. So, you yeah, talk exactly. about Real Madrid yeah. all the time, and I think that's a little bit extreme on his perspective. I, you know, well, yeah. To yeah, your point, agreed. I think it's about setting expectations. Right. No one wants to have whether or not we're young or new sure. or, or growing. We still want to be you know progressing and showing showing growth. I think that's where my frustration is with the squad is that. You're not seeing that development um, kind of continue game to game. Yes, the results are starting to show, but uh, really would love to see what that Charlie FC stamp is uh, going forward. I've not, I've never been a huge Latanzio guy necessarily, but I've also never been a Latanzio out or else type of guy. You know, it's just like I think we could do better, but we could probably do worse too. So, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I do think that. He's better assistant than head coach. I mean, I'm just always going to think that. So, yeah, I, mean, I think is, that's where he's, his bread so. makes his bread and butter. Uh, tell me about it. Tell me your thoughts on this Atlanta matchup coming yep. up here. Uh, uh, we we're missing Adam Armour, who was the only person who scored a goal against Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, last year in their place. But uh, and then we will get to Tifo's questions. So I yep. know you're. I know you're excited. Always excited. Where the Tifos are going to grill you. The Tifos are going right to grill you, and I'm, I need the takes. They're the best of the show. So I need the takes. Yeah, a great time to catch Atlanta. Of course, uh, two game losing. Streak. Well, technically, three-game losing streak. They also lost to Memphis in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, so, I love you know, it. a great time to play them. A little Absolutely. bit of turmoil and some turbulence on their end. You're seeing supporters going crazy on Twitter lately Good. and saying, "Time to get this club back in order." Enough They're, is enough. Exactly. But yeah. the team sits in fourth place, so um, you know, still a very strong squad. Uh, you know, Tiago Almada is an absolute playmaker out there. Is 11 he, points right now. Is he biding his time at this point, though, waiting for July so he can make his move to Europe? I think so. I mean, I, I, I mean, but that doesn't, yeah. you know, that doesn't help us to, this weekend. But, yeah. uh, you know, that, I do agree with you. I think it's another Almiron-type guy where he's going to jump uh, to to a, an European club uh, in the summertime. Yeah, I think he's a, he's an Enzo Fernandez type for yeah. sure. Maybe even better than Enzo. So not, not exactly the same type of player. But, uh, all right, so here's the deal. 
I have not screened any of these TIFOs questions. Usually I screen them in advance, sure. but we're, we're playing fast and loose yep. with the facts here. Uh, we're drinking... I'm drinking... Uh, I drank a bunch of Wicked Weed Perniciouses earlier, you know, to get that ABV up. Now now I've, I've uh, gone back to the copper. What are you drinking over there? I got a classic Heineken. I'm not fancy. I'm really? Not fancy. Which local brewery does Heineken? None. You know this no. show is about local I do. local I do. beers, I do right? Know that, yes. Okay. I'm All right. Thirty thousand foot view. I'm friendly. Yeah, this yeah, show, that, so. yeah. You're drinking airplane beer. Like exactly. that's what the, that's airplane. what they have. Yeah. Six month old flat Heineken right. from the back of the airplane refrigerator yeah. for sure. Exactly. Well. Hope you, hope you make some magic happen 30,000 feet up there for sure. I have not screened these questions. We're just going to answer them in, in the order that they are on this Twitter page. Uh, so if there's any repeats and I skip you, I apologize in advance. We're going to start with Alex Ventura, the OG TIFOs, one of the very original, oldest, friend, tremendous friends of the show that we've ever had. And he says Enzo Capetti has showcased his ability to score off headers and be in a great position to score in front of the net. How can we consistently create enough opportunities for Enzo to shine and make him the long-term striker for this club? Thoughts? I think it's two parts. I think one is on Enzo. Ooh, a two-part answer. Two-part answer. Fucking two-part question. We yeah, got a two-part answer. We're going to change it up for yeah. Johnny. I think part of it is on Enzo himself. I think okay. you, know, you and I have talked about it. His touch, that first touch is always kind of letting him down every now and then. Um, he's getting a little better, of course, when you're tapping it into the net directly and rather than having to get a touch and make a turn and, and create your own opportunity, it's a little different. But um, I think that's one area that he can improve. He's getting, you know, where Latanzia is playing up top um, and kind of being that number nine, that traditional number nine that can hold balls up but also make his own make his own opportunity. So I think there's, you know, he has a little bit to do with it. And then I think, again, going back to my point of, of just how this team plays, a lot of possession in the midfield, but not necessarily in the opponent's third. Um, I think the more that we progress up the field and keep that ball, keep that sustained pressure in in the opponent's third rather than just kind of playing it uh, in that middle to, to defensive end of the field will give more opportunities. And, of course, he has the raw ability to score 20 goals in this league. I think right. you know a lot of player, a lot of guys are comparing him to uh, NYCFC's, uh, you know, striker that went to, to Girona um, and, and things like that. So you know, uh, Tati, Tati, absolutely. Shit, a lot of hat trick against Real Madrid. If he can live up to it. If Enzo could be Tati, we'd be in, in. We'd be probably we'd win it. New York City FC won MLS Cup behind yep. a Tati hot streak, yep. really more than exactly. anything else. Uh, how about this question? Uh, that was a lot of words Matt just said, told you, by the way, to say, Enzo, go stand on the penalty spot <laughs> and wait for passes. Thank you very much. Uh, you guys think we should prioritize the cup for the rest of this run is the question from Spurt Sky, one of another OG TIFOs. Great draw. We've got Birmingham Legion in the round mm-hmm. of 16. We've mm-hmm. hosting the quarterfinals yep. if we win that against yep. Miami or Nashville. Mm-hmm. Four wins to glory. We would probably be, probably most likely be facing LAFC in the final, Se- in the semifinals. Excuse me, in the semifinals. Yep. Uh, if we were to, to win the next two, which would be a tough matchup, obviously, but who knows what could happen. It's always the cup. Do you want to prioritize the cup? Are you to the point of prioritizing the cup over the regular season yet? This is what Orlando City did last year, by the way. I, I think you have to. I think at this stage... You have to. Yes. And here's why. Because no no disrespect to the team, but they're not winning MLS Cup this year. And if they make the playoffs, great, but they won't make it very far. Um, I think that an opportunity to win silverware is, is always something that you strive for. 
having right. having you know a trophy in the case after right. year two uh, right. would be fantastic and monumental right. for this club. So, Especially yeah. if it was the first, like, because you know that Crown Legacy are going to win MLS Next Pro, exactly. so we need the first trophy in the case to be a first team case, Absolutely. the first team trophy, Absolutely. not not the uh, and, Next and Pro to your trophy. Point, you know, for you, sure. we get a, a although technically two different clubs. Yeah, yeah, we get a relatively easy opponent um, in Birmingham. I, guess, I say that loosely. They are second. It's place on the road. They, they, yeah, it's, it's on, on the road. They are second place. And they hurt us in the in the preseason scrimmage. We we we. We looked amazing against them for like it was, I was I remember standing there at that uh, preseason friendly against yeah. Birmingham. I was in the front row at Bank of America, mm-hmm. and I just had a giant grin on my face the entire time because it yeah. was the most amazing co- attacking combinations of play for like 30 minutes. We just absolutely took it to them and scored three goals, and then 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 then, then we kind of like fell off the yeah. map and they scored a goal against us right at the end of the half. Yeah. And, but if uh, we did your, win. We did win though. Yeah. In that, in that, yeah. In that game, I think that's we have to feel. Would be disappointing to lose. Let's it would be. And you'd, of course, yeah. you hope for Inter Miami as the next round versus Nashville, who's mm-hmm. very high at the table right now as well. Similar vein uh, from Jorge Torres, Jorge T Photo Vid. What can we take away from Oakham Open Cup play and translate into MLS regular season play? Kind of the converse of the last question. How can the good form we're showing in Open Cup translate over to MLS. Yeah, I mean, anytime you win, um, I think that's a great a great right. addition to the club. Positivity, uh, you know, confidence, it's, it's a huge factor. Seeing the ball go in the net, you know, score right. four goals exactly. in the other game, you know, get a goal last night or Tuesday night. So um, that for me is the biggest thing is that confidence that we get from it. Elevation Jones, great friend of the show. Uh, how many TFOs making the trip to Atlanta? Roll call. I'm going to retweet that one because we really do need so to know. We actually are not going, I don't believe. I yeah, believe I was planning going. to go to Atlanta yeah. and now I'm not. Yeah. But uh, we will have a watch party here. I believe, the watch right? party is at EPR. Yeah. yeah. We, basically, what happened was we heard rumors that on the away day last weekend when we went to DC, there were not a ton of uh, people showing up here at EPR and we need to fix that this place has been good to us we need to be good to it we need people to show up and show out I need all my regs to come back I need the people in the house we are going to be killing it at EPR we're going to have a grand old time we're, we're, we're talking Modelo's on special Modelo's on special right exactly uh, we got the game audio we got the chance yeah anything can happen it's literally the best watch party in town and this is the if I wasn't hosting this watch party this is the watch party I would go to so we need everybody out here at EPR for sure uh, most definitely. Um, yeah, I don't know if that uh, uh, answered. That's actually the exact opposite of the question that uh, Greg asked us. But how many TFOs are making the trip to Atlanta? I just retweeted it, so go to at for the Crown Baby and answer that question. Would love to. Uh, there's obviously there's like the supporters. Yeah, and we there's love like, to hear the experience. Yeah, too, of course, yeah, so exactly. But I, I would love, I would love a contingent of, of TFOs yeah. of just Charlotte Soccer Show fans who are all sitting together and having a good time, kind of like we were in DC. Yeah. Uh, how about Ash Hamrick? I mean, all the OGs are checking in. I absolutely love it. Ash, how many turf-related injuries, how many more turf-related injuries before Tepper goes back to grass? Now, NFL may weigh in here. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is one of the benefits of being in an NFL stadium, right? Uh, everything that's going on and the, the impact and the, the pressure that the NFL can put on an owner. There's benefits to being in an there NFL are, stadium? There are not many, but this is one of them. Uh, it looks like the NFL is going to push Dave Tepper to get grass, uh, as well as the entire league. Fucking fine. Uh, and so, of course, that, that's a benefit to Charlotte FC. Yeah, I, I I don't think Tepper will go back to grass on his own. I do think he will need to be yeah, forced. But the agreed. NFL's agreed. and the NFLPA, it's not the NFL. It's NFL players. NFLPA. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
people are doing it for themselves. I absolutely love it. What's the starting 11 against Atlanta with all the injuries and Copetti and Jones out for yellow, yellow card suspensions? Man, Do you want to get a starting 11? This would normally be the last question, but I'm just doing these in order, like I said, because we can, I'm... We can table it I'm, for the last I'm, one. I, no, I no, like no. I'm, I, you're okay, you think about like that. We will come it. back to that for sure. What time does the party start at EPR on Saturday? It starts at 6 o'clock, Kurt Dorian. Uh, one, thank you for asking, and I hope to see you here. I will buy your first beer at Kurt Dorian one if you show up. 6, six to 6.30, I'll be showing up at EPR on Saturday for sure, and you better you better be here. Brandon Davis uh, asks, is the team's best lineup for the near future one with Bronico coming off the bench and playing 30 minutes versus being a starter? I'm sure you probably agree with Brandon on that one. Absolutely. I think um, we saw it, and I, this is one of my takes, but I'll, I'll save it for later. I think to, your, to the question, yes, Grant Bronico is, is now a substitute player for Charlotte. Folks, I didn't say that. Brant, that was not me. That was a... That was a guest on the show, BB13, uh, and uh, we're going to go make him say 15 grind set prayers in the back before he's allowed to come back. But uh, it's it's a discussion worth having. Obviously, no, you know, undroppables is a big thing, and BB's always been an undroppable. Um, it's it's an unfortunate. It's a discussion. It's a discussion. It's a discussion sure. at the very least, for sure. Uh, Derek Jones, the stats on Derek Jones that keep coming out are amazing. Yeah. We've never we have yet to win a game without him as a starter, and mm-hmm. we uh, have won most of our games yeah, with him as a starter. So, him, yeah. you know, this it doesn't get any simpler than yeah. that. He also leads yeah. the team in interceptions and tackles, yep. one, etc. Derek Jones has got it going, going on. on. He's got it going on. He's in midfield, destroying all day long. He's bossing the game, and that's why we sing this song. Just put him on the throne, cause we're in love with Derek Jones. Has got it going on. Exactly. Sing it. Sing it in the supporter section. For fuck's sake, can we get some player-specific chants? For God's sake. Uh, Morgan White asks, we've heard your hot takes so far this season, but if you had to pick who's your favorite player, what a good – I'll answer this one after you. This is a great question from Morgan. Favorite no, player you, on the squad. Who's your favorite player on the squad as a fake fan? And then I'll give you my favorite player on the squad as a real fan. I have, I've always had this fascination and love for Ben Bender. So I'll take wow, Ben Bender. Wow, Benny boy. Is it, the, is it the play on the field or is it the cooking segments that get posted to the uh, you know team what? I think it's a little bit website. of both. I think yeah. it's a little bit of both. Yeah. But I'd love to see a little bit more of Ben Bender on the field. Shout out. Um, yeah. Versus, you know, the, the cooking. But uh, both, I take Ben Bender. From Shout first. out to tremendous friend of the show, Rachel, who, uh, not John's Rachel, but a different Rachel, who uh, is a huge fan. She and I are friends of, uh, we bonded over the Ben Bender cooking segments. So there you go. They are great. Yeah, yeah, they're absolutely. If you have not seen Bender in the kitchen, fix that yes. immediately. Yeah. Uh, my favorite player, Carol Swiderski. It's it's been a long road. He was not my original favorite player, but um, one thing I love about soccer is skill. I love skill moves. I love footwork. I love moving the ball around mm-hmm. um, with your lower body while while tricking someone with your upper body yeah. and like. Working your way, just like clowning people, nutmegs yeah. and stuff like that. And I just love Carol's footwork, and he won he won me over with the goals and the footwork. And I do I don't love his his demeanor is probably not my favorite. Um, he's still a little bit of a of a fair weather fan, if you will. Like when when things still are great, kind of like when things are great, he's like a MLS. huge smile yeah, on his yeah, face, exactly. and when things are bad, he's like man. Yeah. But he's still kind of looking for that next move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't expect him to be yeah. here in five years, yeah. but I do love his footwork for Absolutely. sure. 
Dave Lively at Be More Lively. What a great name. I, you, everyone should be more lively yeah. for sure. Can Diop, Hamadi Diop, be the answer left back, the rookie that we drafted from, from Clemson? Did I you watch so. him play? I did. did you watch I, the I Open have Cup? watched him play. Yeah, I did watch the he Open start, Cup. His, game. He had his he first good. first start for the club. Yeah, at the Open and Cup. I think only played 60 minutes. That's okay though, and I think that's a great opportunity for him to get some minutes. I think you know again this game against Birmingham, not necessarily don't want to see him in the starting lineup for this game against Atlanta, but in the Cup game, you know rotation is going to be key, and giving a guy like that some opportunity to get some confidence. Again, that's a huge thing that I think we're going to gain from the U.S. Open Cup. And then, again, going back to what I mentioned earlier, you know, I think we still have to develop this squad and develop this team, and I think giving young guys an opportunity to play, see what they have. Uh, you won't know what you have in your, in your, you know, in your roster from top to bottom, from Crown Legacy all the way up to the starting, you know, 11 until you play them. So, uh, you know, I don't think we're in an opportunity or a chance slash place right now to, to say in any confidence that Charlotte FC is going to win MLS Cup. So let's give these guys an opportunity to play and see if, if the future has that uh, available to us. Four wins to glory, as Sports Guy said. Yeah. Four, 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 win, wins. four wins from the CONCACAF yeah. Champions League, baby. Uh, I'll take it even further. Not only could Diop be the answer left back, he is the answer left back. And if he's not starting every game after the MLS All-Star break, if he's not starting every game in July, August, September, then that's a fail because yeah. he's amazing. Like he, 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 like his composure and just his like mentality yeah. on the pitch is like so the, awesome. The like, only thing I will say, and and then you match that with the athleticism. Absolutely, it's just like, I think oh the only God. thing that would hold me back, and it seems to be the situation with Ben Bender too, is just Latanzio's love and preference for experience. And so, will he give them the young guys that opportunity to get that experience? It's that's TBD still. All right, so we said we're gonna do the lineup at the mm-hmm. end, yep. but. This is te- we did ask the question, so technically this is the last question. We definitely are saving the best for last year because I absolutely love this from Jake the Snake. I met Jake the Snake a couple weeks ago. He's a really cool kid, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, just out randomly, just like uh, I met him at a game, and uh, very very uh, cool to like meet friends of the show. Like, sure. like I'm I'm really loud basically, and my voice like is somewhat distinctive. So yeah, sometimes people is. recognize very my voice, so, and yeah. I've had people come up to me like. Are you doing the Charlotte Soccer Show? And I'm like, yeah, man. You want to buy me a beer? No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. No, I usually, I offer to buy, usually I offer to buy them a beer. I'm a man of the people. Come on. Anyway, the question from Jake the Snake, Jake Snake emoji is, how silly, how ridiculous, how absurd, how stupid. He just said silly. I added the other ones. How silly does the Latanzio out crowd look now as we're in the midst of our best form in club history, 4-1-1 one, and one in the last six matches, despite key players batting injuries on the entire run? And I will admit, I will say, despite being embarrassed in, in Utah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, we, we referenced it earlier, where are they now? Um, they don't have really much to say at this point, but there is still a growing concern around is he the right guy for the for the team long term we've always kind of stated that we felt he's more of an assistant manager rather than a, a traditional manager at the top um you know i think again we're in a really interesting place as a club so i think give him an opportunity i think you know this fan base is very quick to twist and turn and, and uh you know one loss this weekend to to a rival in atlanta uh and the, the groans will be quickly out again i think so um, you know, it's it's silly to be honest, but uh, that's just the nature of sports and sports fans. So, Latanzio, he's standing in the doorway for me. Yeah. He's neither in nor out. He's Schro- Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's coat, yep. if coach, if you will. Sorry, I, I screwed that up twice. Uh, all right, quick, la- last question, literally put in a minute ago by Michael Volak. Well, no, no surprise, Volak uh, is late to the punch here, but. 
Uh, crown, similar vein. Crown four one in the last five matches. Bit of a hot streak. Mm-hmm. Atlanta won three one in the last five. Yep. What are you expecting for Saturday's Tilt in Atlanta? And incorporate your lineup into that yeah. answer, please. I think I think it's a, like I said before, it's a really great time to play them. I do also think having some of these injuries and, and suspensions is going to be, you know, pretty vital. Um, Atlanta is the second highest scoring team in the league right now with 20 goals um, so far in the season. So you know, not having um, you know Jones in there to play mm-hmm. kind of stuff that midfield is going to hurt. Of course, and their striker, but part of their bad form has been well, their stri- their DP striker Giorgio yep. Giacomaki is out, exactly. and he's going to be he's back. back in, yeah, in the lineup. So, so yeah. you know, I think it's a really, it's, like I said, there's some great opportunity. Um, they're not the strongest defensively either, of course. Backup um, goalkeeper. Backup goalie. So you know, having Capetti out is going to be it's going to be an yeah. unfortunate one. Of course, we've talked about. So what's your lineup? Cards. So my lineup is very similar to what we had against uh, NYCFC the other night. Um, of course, you know, I think you put in Grant Bronico in this instance for Derek Jones as, as a natural transition and have him alongside Westwood. Um, that just is a combination that makes sense. I think it will be a little bit more defensive, though. Um, I think, you know, Grant, Grant can't, uh, or sorry, Westwood can't trust on Jones uh, or on Grant as he would on Jones to play that defensive role. So I think you'll see Westwood kind of sit back a little deeper rather than playing a little bit more off the field and have that offensive flair to him. Uh, I like everybody else that we started with with NYCFC. And then I think, you know, there's it's really like a like for like. I think Brandon Cambridge is a great fit up top. Just gives him some size some, some, to stretch the field a little bit, something different to look at. You know, Mackenzie Gaines, we've talked about his speed on the right-hand side, just what he brings to the table. Uh, you know, put somebody in the box that can really elevate, get up in the air, get some headers on the ball. I think that's the way that the recipe for success this week is really playing down the wings um, and giving that center midfield that opportunity to dominate the midfield and just kind of control the game. All right. I, I like it. So basically you're saying Bronico in for Jones and who's in for Capetti? Uh, Brandon Cambridge. Cambridge. Yep. Cambridge. Okay. I don't think that's going to happen, but I don't hate it. If that did happen, I wouldn't be mad about it. Here's here's the lineup that will win the match. Because I said, last time we played the lineup, I said if Lindsay starts, we'll guarantee to win. Mm-hmm. Lindsay didn't start, and we got embarrassed. So. And do we have a status on Melanda's other question? He's not on the injury report. He's okay. available for selection. So I'm okay. going to put him in. Okay. I'm going to say, Kalina, goalkeeper. Okay. Yep. Right back, Jalen Lindsay. Yep. Center backs, Sobachinski and Melanda. Yep. Left back, Harrison Athol. Midfield. Okay. Ben, Bron- ben Brant Bronico, Ashley Westwood, Ben Bender. Okay. Attack, attackers, Vargas, Svidersky, Yushviak. Okay. So three in the mid. Easy win. Okay. Four. Yeah. Four, play three, play three. the four-three-three that we're doing. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's right. I mean, I, yeah. I'd love to see a four-four-one-one or whatever. I'd love to see three-five-two. Yeah. No. I mean, I'd love to see anything. That's a great lineup. I, I didn't think about. It. I mean, you know, Nathan Burns. Ben, it's. I'm in it comes to this Burns. point. Do you, the the question is this? Yep. Do you start Swiderski in the midfield okay. and a new striker? Maybe Vargas at striker. He's more of a, he's been a winger, but I think yeah. Vargas could play striker. Could play him up top because he loves all he loves side. to just shoot. Yeah. No, I would put him in the center. Okay. I, I would go Yushviak Vargas uh, Gaines. Okay. I would go Yushviak Vargas Gaines up top with Swiderski in the midfield. I think okay. that's doable, but I would rather see Carroll up top, Gaines sub, Vargas Carroll Yushviak and Bender start in the midfield. So yeah, it, could, it could be Carroll or Bender is that third midfield. I would say that too because I think Carroll Carroll gives you a little bit more of that hold up play, can distribute right, it, right, kind of come back. Right. I want to see him close 10. to goal. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So no Justin Miram though is a big snub. No, Miram is a, a uh, Miram. If Vargas isn't ready, Vargas was carrying a knock into the last game, which is why he was a sub, not a starter. 
So we could see Miram start and Vargas sub. That'd be okay. fine. Yushviak should be back. We all know your love obviously. affair with Justin Miram, though. So this is very. I was down with Miram since day one. Yeah. I I remember when we. I remember it was probably two or three weeks before the move to trade for Miram. I was out here. You, if you remember, go yep. back to those episodes. Yep. I was out here saying we need to go get a veteran. Justin Miram is available. Go get him. And uh, finally, they listened to me. For once, they listened to me. And then when he got here, remember how, how much I celebrated? Yeah. And I was like, "Thank God, we finally got Justin Miram." And it's like, I knew he was gonna like. He's when, locked, he, you know. when he got on the plane to go to DC after being part of the squad yeah, for about an 100%. hour, that was clearly exciting. right. Yeah, exactly. For the crown, baby. Yeah. Uh, that's that's all there is to exactly. it. So we love Miram. We love Carol. We love it all. We love Gesslin. We love Ashley Mahoney for swapping by. Uh, we love everybody uh, who's listening, best podcast listening crew in the business. We hope to see you here at EPR on Saturday, starting around 6, 6.30-ish for a watch party extraordinaire. I might even get here a little earlier, but uh, we'll open up a tab at 6.30, let's say. And uh, you come say hi to me. You never know. I might buy you your first beer. I might buy your second beer. I might buy your fifth beer. You, know, you don't even know. So... Uh, hope everybody's doing good. We really appreciate it. Can't wait to have Johnny back, but the guests have been fire this week. Matt, thank you for Absolutely. for being the the, uh, the topper, sort of the, the grand finale of guest week here with Level Up Luke, Ashley Mahoney, and yourself. And uh, we're going to send it out, and uh, if, 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 if you would do the honors, please, sir. Danny, as we always say on the show, for the crown, baby.